The information in this podcast is general information and not advice. Sanford Financial is authorised under Australian Credit Licence Number 541480. Further information is available at stanfordfinancial.net. Hello and welcome to On The Couch with Steve. This is a podcast where we help you navigate the often complex world of buying and selling real estate. Obviously, I'm Steve Athanades. I'm the owner of NG Real Estate here in Ipswich. I'm joined today by a very special guest, uh, one of our favourites, Steve Beach from Stamford Financial. Welcome along, Steve. Thanks again. Now, mate, you know why you're here. We're talking about interest rates. We've just got the decision, and what are they going to do? They've put it on hold again, which uh, is a bit of a breathing space for any mortgage holders out there. So the cash rate remains at 4.1%. Big sigh of relief for obviously all the mortgage holders out there. Uh, uh, Obviously, interest rates on hold once again. Three months in a row? Three months in a row. Okay, so obviously that's a great thing. Now, some of the underlying causes of that, we you know, we all watch the news, we're all listening and paying attention to what's going on. Inflation's dropped. So inflation has dropped. Um, so one, one big key indicator, which is your CPI. So um, so expenditure has dropped as well. So so that's, a lot of that's to do with sort of retail spending. So what they're actually seeing, and, and part of the reason why I think they've, they've held rates is... Um, Partly due to the fact that you know consumer spending, so retail spending's down, so that's like buying clothes, furniture, TVs, you know, recreational sort of things. Um, services are still up, um, so like people still get using Uber and, and bits and pieces or real estate agents and, and stuff like that. So hey, the, real estate agents and that really makes that really cheers me up actually. Yeah. Um, but I guess a big underlying factor that um, they've put on hold, and, and what lifting rates won't do is um, slow the expenditure of rent insurance, utility, and education. So those sort of four predetermined factors are, are still increasing, but by raising rates won't stop that. People still need to pay rent. People still need to buy insurance. People still need to send their kids to school and buy school books and, and laptops and bits yep. and pieces. So um, there's no way to slow that down other than reducing the population. But, um, you know, so holding rates makes the, the perfect decision at this point in time. And I think we made an announcement last time that if, you know, if they don't raise rates today, because this was Phil Lowe's last RBA announcement, so he's mm-hmm. been taken over by M- Michelle Bullock, um, who was essentially the his offsider, so CEO. Um, so sh- she's now taking over as of the 17th of this month. So there's a new well, there you go. RBA announcements. So what do you think will happen? Uh, we talked about this previously. Um, we're getting a, a new um, Reserve Bank governor. Um, will she first month in the job would she dare raise interest rates or uh, no I, i'd have to say again it's not solely their decision ultimately they're the one that that make the speeches and, and pull the trigger but it's essentially a board that that makes these decisions and they get all the information they sit in a room and they they collate it all and then come up with with i guess decisions of, of moving forward now part of their statement today was you know they've finalized the july figures but they haven't finalized the august figures so we're only getting sort of indications of of where that sort of falls and lies and everything along those lines so, so where it's trending where it's trending basically and then they'll finalize it probably within a week or two um so i guess uh, you know cba came out two weeks ago and and released an article and an announcement saying that interest rates are now on pause we're not going to see any more rates and the first rate cut that we should see is march next year so as early as march as you know three months ago we were talking of you know maybe one more and then maybe one more and then it was like pause maybe one more and then pause and we might we'll start seeing rates sometime next year but we didn't really know when so um for them to actually 
release an article about it. Uh, kind of gives it a little bit more credit being the largest bank in Australia. So we can dare to hope that we may see some reductions in interest rates March next year. March next year. Is there anything that would bring that forward? Is there anything that could propel it to come sooner rather than later? I don't think so. Um, there's still a little bit, and, and don't want to get into whole world economy and stuff like that, but there is some uncertainty out there, um, particularly the property market over in China. Um, we sort of briefly spoke about that um, before, but um, you know, there's there's underlying factors that can, I guess, change things. So when we saw with, with COVID, ultimately, um, the yes. Ukraine-Russia side of things, so if all of a sudden there is another you know, world event like that, then you know, we could see rates plummet, or at the same time, we could see rates skyrocket at the same time. Like, Okay, let's let's err on the side <laughs> of optimism, and rates are coming down, they're not going back up. No. Everyone at home, I'm sure you agree, let's get rates down. Now, mate, um, we did talk off air, um, because obviously, for people, and, and the market's not slowing down. No. House prices are actually going up. Uh, and this is statistically being proven, and it's sort of month on month. It's not it's not just a one-off. House prices are consistently rising. And in the past, people have thought that there was going to be some major crash, and, and, you know, and it was going to be all doom and gloom. That's just not translated no. at all. So we've got uh, an Australian, um, I guess, population that has... Uh, a, you know, ferocious appetite for real estate. We do. Okay, we, do. we we love the stuff, and it obviously it feels safe, it's comfortable, and we get to either live in it or invest in it, and obviously people are comfortable with that. Now, what are the some of the things that people can do because people are buying, and yep. they're buying in big numbers. So, what can you do to increase your chances of being that successful, um, I, I guess, purchaser? Because um, you know, a lot of the times when we're doing open homes, even now today, very few properties that we put to market are ever just a single offer. We're mm. always, almost always in multiple offer. So what can a buyer do at home to increase their chances? We're seeing a lot more of this now is, is um, I guess, terminology used loosely is pre-approval. So I guess um, from a, a finance perspective to define what that means is banks don't like using the word pre-approval. So what they talk about is approval in principle. So what that means is, is, is essentially getting all your ducks in a row. So talking to your bank or talking to your broker, um, essentially we can evaluate your financial position, go through what we call as your equity position. So that's your deposit if you're just using cash or if you're using an existing property, um, what we call servicing. So what your incomes are versus your expenses. So we can ascertain all these sort of factors and come to you and say, hey, great news. Based on all our, uh, our research, you can buy for up to X amount of dollars. We can then submit that to the bank um, with a dummy house, so one TBA street, for, for instance, um, and then the bank will assess your equity, your income, and then they'll give you what they call as a approval in principle. And what that means is it would be just be subject to the valuation of the property. So what that allows you to do is, is to go to auctions or when you go to an open home, you can go to the real estate agent where you go, I'm pre-approved by my broker. Um, I'm happy to put in a seven day finance clause because all the bank needs is a valuation to be conducted on the property because they don't know what house you're buying at this point in time. Correct. So, yeah, um, so again, I, we're seeing it time and time again where people are going, hey, um, you know, I'm talking about a 30-day finance clause and then a 60-day settlement clause. And then most sellers are like, well, I've already sold, I've already purchased another house. I need to sell my house, so I need this to go through faster. Otherwise, I may lose out on, on my purchase. So the, the slower 
the time frame or the faster the time frame sort of thing. So um, the less time frame that you can do, the, the better it is. Look, I can confirm what you're saying. Um, two, two occasions, like uh, we've just done an, another podcast uh, with one of my own agents, uh, Matt Drayton from uh, Andrew Real Estate Ipswich. He's just purchased his own home. Now, uh, he bought it through another agent, not through our company. Uh, and what he found is, and what we find across the board is, <clears throat> as agents, our owners are looking for shorter timeframes. So the, the contract actually goes unconditional in a shorter time frame or as short as it can be. 14 days is optimal, okay? Sometimes we, we do see them go unconditional in seven days. Some people want 21 days for finance and we're now finding a lot of owners don't wanna wait 21 days to see if you can get finance. Yeah. So this is where the approval in principle or what we call the pre-approval is so valuable because we're saying, have you talked to your bank or your broker, can you get this done in 14 days? Yeah. True? It is true, 100%. And we've got banks that we've, I've had one client come to me with an actual contract of sale. We had him unconditionally approved within two. Beautiful. From start to finish. Now, the other example I was going to raise is my son. I've got two sons. Uh, they're both in real estate, both amazing agents. Uh, both of them um, have owned um, you know, more than one property, so they're now looking at second or third properties. Now, my own son, my younger son, Luke, looking to purchase, okay, um, wanted to make sure that everything was lined up, just like we tell our buyers. Make sure everything's in place before you make the offer so you can move forward with certainty. First thing we've done, obviously, is scoot him over to yourself, okay, to get that approval in principle so he can move forward with confidence and purchase. So even if he doesn't buy through our company, which is unusual, but if he goes to another agent, he can basically say, straight away. I've got the approval in principle, I can do it in 14 days, okay, maybe even quicker, but we can do it in, I can put a 14 day clause on it, I can potentially get the building and pest done within say five to seven days, and you'll be unconditional in 14 days, and I'm happy to settle in 30. Yep. Okay, makes your offer so much more attractive. And like we, we talk about this a lot, buyers go through so much frustration. And a lot of these people are looking for anywhere up to 12 months or longer to actually secure a property. This is one thing that you're saying, and which I completely endorse, if you get your pre-approval or your approval in principle, okay, your chances are so much greater. So guys, pay attention, go along, doesn't matter who you trust, whether it be an existing bank, okay, obviously uh, Steve's from Stanford Financial, they're a brokerage. So at the end of the day, find someone you're comfortable with, get some advice, get that approval in principle and your chances increase dramatically. Definitely, definitely. And the other big thing is is those those approval and principles do last for, for 90 days. So essentially you've got three months and that doesn't mean that they just cease and desist at three months. It just means the bank just wants to reconfirm that your financial position hasn't changed. So all it is is just sending them through updated pay slips. They'll probably rerun your credit just to make sure you haven't gone and got an extra credit card or a car loan or something yeah, in yeah. between. So um, and then you can extend that out to you know almost six months to, to find a house. So, um, so again we're seeing a lot of that and I, I I guess the other part of we talked about building and pest and then and reason why so many days are, are quite important um the second stage to that is also um getting a good conveyancer as well that can liaise with the real estate 100%. agent and the bank and everything along those lines um we do like the synergy with here at stanford financial we also have stanford legal as well that does the conveyancing side of things so they sort of go hand in hand but uh, it's good to have a good conveyancer 
um, to make sure that your, your contracts are right, um, that they're talking and, and, and talking about finance extensions or, or settlement extensions or building and pest extensions and stuff like that. So um, making sure that whole process is streamlined, real estate agents love it. We do, we definitely do. So guys, I hope that really helps you. Um, like part of this podcast is obviously to help educate you so you know how to increase your chances and, and, and really give yourself the best chance of being successful because there is really nothing more frustrating than finding a house that really suits you. Uh, often we see people really fall in love with these properties only to find out that they've been pipped at the post because they weren't prepared. Yeah. So be prepared. Now, mates, obviously we need a prediction. <laughs> What what's gonna happen with interest rates? New Reserve Bank governor, the economy, as we said, uh, overall in Australia is relatively stable. Worldwide, there's That's some instability. Yeah. What's gonna happen next month? All the all the statistical data that's come through is is basically saying we're we're heading in the right direction. So inflation's going down, unemployment is slowly increasing. Um, you know, they they I think a few podcasts ago um, we did talk about that they wanted to see a lot more unemployment. They've sort of pushed that out until the end of next year. So still looking at around a 4% unemployment uh, percentage by the end of next year. So, And that's just due to cost of living and, and people aren't spending as much money. Um, I kind of side with CBA with their announcement of I don't think there's gonna be any more rate rises, um, to be honest. I think the next thing that we'll be talking about, what is it? October, November, December, January, <laughs> probably six months away. Um, and, and you mentioned before, do could they come and make any announcements earlier though? Now the RBA do change, and we'll probably go through this in a lot more detail next podcast, um, probably running out of time today. Um, there are a lot of changes to the way that the RBA are actually meeting, how often they're meeting, when they're meeting. Um, so there's a lot of changes that are coming into effect as of the 1st of January. Um, but first and foremost, they don't meet in January because people spend way too much money in, in, in December with New Year's, Christmas, holidays, everything. Yeah, it makes those sense. Lines. It does make so, sense. So um, the, the, the figures are always way too skew if in, in January. So the first meeting that they ever do is, is in February. Anyway. So you're on hold? I'm on hold. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about it. You mentioned how many episodes uh, we've done in previous podcasts. I think this is our 20th podcast, mate. This is number 20. Number 20. Congratulations, mate. You're a star. So thank you so much for your, your continued input. <clears throat> my, I guess, my feedback in terms of where it's going to go, I probably tend to agree. I can't see any reason why they will raise them at the moment. There doesn't seem to be a reason or a sufficient reason to raise them. Look, I think there is a general understanding that, you know, lots of people are hurting. And for all the people out there who are hurting, like, as always, our sympathies are with you. There are options which we have discussed that can hopefully help alleviate uh, any sort of financial stress that you are suffering. But for all of you, like our, our thoughts are with you. But for the general population, okay, we're all doing the right thing, generally speaking. Yep. Consumer spending is under control. I really can't see any reason. So I'm with you, mate. I think they will stay on hold. I'd love it if they came down quicker, but we've just got to be grateful for what we have not be ungrateful and think maybe it just should happen quicker yeah so moving forward mate um uh, obviously it is a change in climate okay so for all of us all we can do is stay tuned and see what happens well, true true all right now thank you so much for tuning in to on the couch with steve if you've got any thoughts or opinions on what we've talked about today please uh, click the link below. We'd love to hear your feedback. 
Obviously, a massive thank you to Steve Beach from Stamford Financial. Mate, your input, as always, is unbelievable. So thank you so much. Guys, I'm Steve Athanades. If you'd like to hear more of our opinions on what we're talking about on The Catch with Steve, tune in. We'll see you soon.